Warning, this podcast contains strong language, graphic nudity, and depictions of extreme stupidity and is meant only for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Or not, you do you. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Worst Podcast on Mars, also known as a terrible podcast about great music. I'm Amanda. I'm Winkle. Perry Winkle. (laughs) I hate this already. Oh my god. We might have to pause so I can get some alcohol because, what, not even 30 seconds in and I want to die. Oh, this is, like I said, worst podcast on Mars. This is a podcast where we're, we're breaking down album by album, um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's list of 200 most influential albums, according to people who know better than we do. Um, so before we get into our topic, normally we would do corrections, which since we're still pre-recording things and we're not like posting things quite yet nobody's really called us out on our bullshit i bet there's gonna be an episode where there's gonna be like 20 minutes of corrections we're gonna do a full it's gonna be it's not even gonna be an album it's just gonna be a corrections of everything it's gonna be a bonus episode every month every month we'll do a bonus episode of say these are the four we or these are the ones we released this month here's the corrections that we got called out on so there's one podcast i listened to they put out their regular episode on wednesday and then they do a bonus episode on every friday it was it started out as a bonus episode, but now it's a regular thing, and it's just called Spooky Gay Bullshit. So it's, like, under the same, that spooky title, that spooky pod, by the way, I love it. Um, but then they do Spooky Gay Bullshit on Friday, so we'll have a bonus once a month, and it's just called Our Bad. <laughs> but anyway, so I don't have any corrections. You don't have any corrections. You actually suggested something today, and instead of doing corrections, you want to do the airing of grievances. I leave this to you because I'm sure that I've pissed you off so much in each episode that you need a little bit of time to vent at me. I want to know what, like, you had to have something to beef with me about. No, I have something to beef with myself about that you're probably going to beef with me. So if you're not bringing it up now, I will discuss it later. You're going to fight with yourself? Yes. Isn't that what therapy is for? Well, at least I'm fighting with myself and not playing with myself. Is it, is it the fact that you called the Beatles boring? No. Is it the fact that you called Sir Elton John boring? I did not call, well, one, I did not call the Beatles boring or Sir Elton John boring. Those albums. I called those albums boring. Which technically you called them boring, but neither here nor there. It has see, to do. Is it is it the fact that the cat carrier is still on the kitchen floor despite you taking the cat to the vet yesterday? It's not on the kitchen floor. It's on the dining room floor. Is it on the floor that's connected to the kitchen? No. Did you already put it away? No. Where is it? It's levitating. Is it the fact that we have been in this marriage entirely too long? I think that was entirely too long ago (laughs) what is your grievance against yourself no we will we will discuss that later since it is not being brought up now but like you said instead of corrections you wanted to do grievances this is where the corrections went so i replaced it with grievances and now you're saying no later the fuck man yeah because this is gonna be in the grievances next episode you're gonna be like just come up with something and stick with it that's your grievance for me 
So, continue. <laughs> this is my grievance right now. This. You should use the it's a general art. Grievance. No, 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 no. Hold on. Don't interrupt me. You should use the art of communication in the English language to say this. Hey, I would like to insert a section called grievances, but I don't want to start it until episode whatever. So so I wouldn't put it in this episode because y'all didn't say that. Okay. Two things. What? One, general grievance is good with lightsabers. God. And boy. two, I need you to elaborate on what you mean. Is that, are you being serious? No. <laughs> this turned into my grievance. Like, my God. Okay, anyway, moving forward. This episode, we are talking about Miles Davis's album, Kind of Blue, which was uh, released on August 17, 1959, and is number 34 on this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame list. So, you ready to get into it? I'm going to let you go, because this is, I have talked entirely too much in the last couple of Master Puppets and Paranoids, so I'm going to let you talk. You're going to let me talk this one? Okay, so, um... Ding. Are you already? I would love to a take, new husband. Yes, but I would love to take a poll to see whose side people are on, because it's very clear that you frustrate the shit out of me, and I'm not nice about it. Well, fine. If you want to take a poll about it, I'll take a German about it. <laughs> I can't. What? Oh my god. What that... kind of poll do you want to take? A stripper poll? We're done. We're done with that. So, Kind of Blue was recorded on a budget of $1,000, which doesn't sound like a whole lot. I don't know. I sh- You know what I should have done is uh, look up the, like, um, not exchange rate, but... Like inflation, I think. Yeah, to see what that would be in today's. Are you Googling that? Three gallons of gas. <laughs> no shit. But, um, so this fee included the union payments for the six additional band members, and it only took nine hours of studio time. These band members weren't just musicians for hire, though. They were names that would become legendary in their own right and included members, uh, sorry, the members included John Coltrane on the tenor sax, Julian Adderley on alto sax, Bill Evans on the piano, Winton Kelly also on piano, Paul Chambers on the bass, and Jimmy Cobb on drums. Now, before I move on, did, were you familiar with any of these names? I know Coltrane, and then when we're done with this, I have I have something that I'd like to add. I knew Coltrane, too, and I think he, he might be the most famous out of that group, but yes, what's your addition? So, you know how you were talking about the budget? Yeah. Did you see anything about uh, their payment? Uh, I think so but i don't remember what it was i I don't have anything written here i think adderley is cannonball right cannonball adderley i think so okay so coltrane cannonball and chambers each got less than 250 dollars uh evans and cobb got less than 150 dollars and kelly who only did the first session because this was this was two days he got less than 75 bucks for all of this Mm mm-hmm and I think I saw something that if had he know had 
uh, Miles known what was going to happen, he would have asked for a lot more money. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they all would have. Oh, yeah. Well, musicians, I I have been a musician for hire a few times. Now, granted, it was for high school and college productions, but I did get paid for playing in these orchestras, and I did not make much money. I mean, we're, you're talking rehearsals and a few show performances. I made, I think, maybe $200, $300, and... That was 20-some years ago. So it's... You don't make a lot doing something like this. That's probably a lot different today. But, you know, so those those figures don't surprise me. more for not good, but trained musicians. I'm sorry. Are you saying indirectly that I am not good and or trained? I don't think you're house trained. Yes. <laughs> but so, you know what I mean? Well, they're professional musicians. Yeah. That's the correct wording. Yes. Well, just because you're professional or just like with the NFL, just because you're in the NFL doesn't mean you're good. Correct. But so, I, no, I see what you're saying. So uh, Davis's goal for the album was to draw from both African and gospel music in addition to the blues. But later on, he also admitted that he had failed in doing so. I don't... I saw that quote from um, his actual website, but it didn't elaborate to say what the final product was. But he had a sound in mind. He wanted this African music, gospel music matchup, and it wasn't just blues. Like, a lot of jazz and blues, it's kind of like they blur along the same lines, you know? Blurred lines. Yes, Robin Thicke. But, so, like he said, like I said, he had admitted that he failed to do that. And the last big piece I have here, did you read what happened to the band? I read something, but I don't know if it's what you're going into. So, traditionally, when bands break up, it's, like, artistic differences, financial differences... That wasn't the case here. They all like what? No, go ahead. I'm wondering if You're my note is the same face. thing. So they, yeah, they didn't break up because or they didn't break up because of traditional issues, but because of a beating Davis received in New York. Upon leaving one night, Davis had a confrontation with a white police officer and was beaten with the cop's nightstick. Now remember, this is 1954. This is 59. Oh, sorry, I was. When the album was released, my bad. Yeah, it was 59. 59? Yep, 59. So, um, anyway, 50s, right before the big civil rights movements in the 60s. And, you know, you still had, like, Jim Crow in the South and blah, 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 blah. Um, I think it was in New York. You want to tell it? Nope. <laughs> Are you going to interrupt me anymore? Maybe. We're never going to make this go anywhere because I get so frustrated with you. It'll go somewhere. It just might not be where we want it to go. Okay. So, um, because of a beating he received in New York. Okay. Upon leaving one night, Davis had a confrontation with a white police officer and was beaten with a cop's nightstick. Apparently, the issue was that Davis was escorting a white woman to a taxi. 
Davis was brutally beaten, arrested, and charged with assault and disorderly conduct, being released on bail of $1,000, and having his cabaret card taken away from him. Now, I meant to look into what the cabaret card was, but context clues, I'm assuming if you were a black person, like, trying to perform in a nightclub or something, you had to have it to show proof. You know, it was, I think it's kind of equivalent to having a, like, work visa if you're coming over from a foreign country. Um, so this event left Davis defeated, and while fighting to have the charge reduced, he was unable to work without the cabaret card, leaving the band to break up to allow the other members to find work elsewhere, and it wasn't until months later that the charges were completely dropped. So it was all this time where they were trying to perform and get out there together as a group, but because he legally couldn't perform and he wasn't going to step outside of the law, he, you know, he just, they had to break up. That way he wasn't holding back his band members. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, I have, or I thought I saw that it was, it was several years before he kind of got his groove back. Yep. It was like 64. Something like that. He he was broken after this. Even though... And, and this was after the album came out. So it was... And, and we'll talk more about reviews in a minute. But it was received well. And I think he there was talk with him about uh, what are you doing here kind of thing. And he, I guess he pointed up to the lights and said, that's me on the, on the on marquee. The marquee. Uh, so that's the aftermath of the album. Before the album, uh, his reputation wasn't the greatest. Did you read any of that? I remember bits and pieces. Wasn't this a story on drunk history? I don't know. But apparently he was recovering from his heroin addiction. Mm-hmm. So you have that. And he's, he's not old, but he's, for musician, the kind of like, the, to start, like, your big, your big break and all that, he was 32. Mm-hmm. He was 32 and he was just getting off of heroin. And he releases this and then he gets the shit beat out of him. Yeah. It's like he can't catch a break. Um, I have a couple things to add if you were yep i'm done okay uh so looks like on the first of the two recording sessions the band did you see anything about how they recorded this and the music aspect of it in terms of like what me what what was prepared Mm -mm. so they had he gave them little sketches of kind of like okay Here's kind of the melody we're going to be on, but there was no there was no plan for this album. Do you know anything about jazz, really? Um, well, this was based on scales instead of a chord progression. Yeah, I did did see that, but I answer my question. Do you know much about how jazz music works? It's more loose. What do you mean by loose? It's like you don't have a. It's kind of like this. It's like we have a. We have a very rough structure of what we want to do, but we can just, you'll just go. The word you're looking for is improvisation. 
So when jazz is heavy on that, like um, symphonic bands, they stick to what is written with notes from the director, you know, like, and they can have artistic liberties based on what the director will or will not allow, you know. Um, jazz music is more open, more free, where you're given bare, in some cases. Now, in the jazz bands I play, I am not good at improvising. I don't know keys from shit, and I, I need music in front of me to, I need to perform what's on the page. And, um, but jazz music traditionally is you're given the key, and I, I have played with players who can improvise, and they're saying, the director will say, okay, you have a solo, you have eight bars, have at it. And then they throw whatever they want in those eight bars yeah. within the key. But that that's what, yeah. So he gave them bare bones, but because these all these artists were good at imp- improv, they just kind of threw shit together and made it happen. Yeah, but this was one of the first times where it's based on a scale and not on right. the chord. Which is the whole, which is one of the whole big things about this. Uh, one other thing that I want to say. Uh, at one point, Davis complains to co-producer Irving Townsend about the noise from the squeaky floor. At a studio chosen for the natural acoustics of the high ceilings. Former school teacher Adderley replied that he should not worry about the surface noise. Evans chimed in. Asking Davis why he did not like the surf ass noise. <laughs> I have a question. Okay. Why did you literally do the air quotes? <laughs> Again. <laughs> Audio me <laughs> for your benefit. Okay. You have anything else? Um, not for the history. Okay. So, um,. Yeah, that's I I did did read how it was kind of like like you said it was more about a scale of notes rather than chords. Um for me that's hard to and I'm you know, I, I do have a music minor, but I still don't know shit. So it's it's hard to figure out what they what the difference really is between the two and I know people out there it they can explain yeah, this, it better this than we can but this that's not what this is but yeah it's is, yeah you thought i was you thought i wasn't smart enough to understand bob Dylan. this is a whole other level of smarts excuse me i thought you weren't smart enough to understand bob yes. Dylan. i never said but you know that. what i mean now you're you're accusing me of calling you an idiot which I are do you... often, but not in regards to that. I was gonna say, are you going to sit here with a straight face and tell me that you that you don't call me an idiot? You know I could, but it would be a lie. Okay, so moving on to cultural impact and such. Yeah, go ahead. You you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. So this album, again, kind of blue because I keep forgetting the only one I knew by name going into this is the one we have on our wall is Bitches Brew. I think I knew this one by name. But I, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you anything else. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you anything off of it, mm-hmm. but I know the cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's regarded as being responsible for bringing more of a fan base to jazz music with the song So What and All Blues becoming two of the most popular standards of modern jazz. 
As of 2015, it was still ranked at, at number five on Billboard's top 10 selling vinyl albums with 23,000 copies sold, making it the highest charting classic album and it still remains the best selling jazz record of all time. Now, before I go on, that number 23,000 copies seems really low to me. And I tried to find, like, that's what it said, and I'm not missing a zero or anything. And so I don't know where, like, what exactly that number means. Well, I vaguely remember we talked about Master Puppets and kind of, like, what all it sold. Mm-hmm. Jazz is, right now, I don't think as accepted as some of the other styles or as, as popular mm-hmm. so that number sounds low but that's not really a surprise because i think one of the metallica album, i think the highest selling metallica album i don't remember what year it was but it was like the second most of that year was like at 140 thousand mm-hmm. something like that so that's not unreasonable okay and this i wanted to note this is the oldest album that we've talked about yep I was just getting ready to say that. So it's, and it's the first, first out of our, like everything else was rock. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the one that's not rock and there will be more in our list that's not. There's one coming up that you're going to hate and I'm smiling so big on the inside because of it. Is it next week's? No. Okay. Um, but it. Going into that thought, though, music all kind of melds together. So you have jazz, which morphs into the blues, which morphs into early rock, which morphed into rock and roll. And, you know, it it's constantly evolving. So even though, yes, we have different genres, you know, you wouldn't have today's rock without tra- tracing it back to jazz. Um so that being said, this album, it explored, like you said, it explored the different overlapping chords. Um, and it explored a different approach to jazz music and became the framework for other musicians to do the same thing. So it's kind of like, in all the albums we talked about so far, like Ziggy Stardust really was the first that it could be traced back to where people started to... Um, work with a larger stage presence in a show. Um, Sergeant Peppers was where they like started doing different sounds and drugs. And dr- <laughs> I'm sure drugs are not new. <laughs> beginning with Sergeant Peppers, but anyway, each album that we've talked about has been the starting point for something else. It was where something can be traced back to. And that's the same thing here. It's This is the point where other musicians were experimenting with the different sounds. Um, and, and not just like instrumental sounds, but like musician or the, like the mus- musicality of it and like the chords. Um, my final note is the president of Leg- Legacy Recordings noted in 2016 that the label is still making an effort to keep the album accessible through every channel and platform available. So they even recognize how important this is and they want people to have it. So you can buy it, you can buy it on vinyl, you can buy it on CD, you can buy it on, or you can 
download it for streaming. You know, they want you to have access to it. It's not something they're going to put in the Disney vault and never see again. So those are my notes. Okay. Uh, I have a couple things to add. Uh, Did you just hear my stomach? No. <laughs> I hope the mic didn't pick it up. That was really loud. Apparently, it's the best-selling album in jazz history. Yes. Which isn't a surprise. No. Considering how much we, we've talked about, like, just that is, like, how much they're trying to make it accessible. Uh, in 1999, it topped the Independence 50 Best Recordings of the 20th Century. Um... Um, in 2006, it <laughs> topped the Jazzwise 100 albums that shook the world listing. It was number 66 on VH1's 100 Greatest Albums of Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, record collections of classical, rock, pop, and country western. Like people who have a bunch of records in that who don't like jazz at all. Most of those have this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's likely that Kind of Blue is owned by tens of thousands of people who have never bought another jazz album. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that was my note in the history that it, it it was what made jazz, like, it brought more fans of jazz. And I, I think I saw something along the, if you don't like this album, you're not a fan of jazz. Like, this, this is your... This is your line in the sand. You got to figure out if you like this album, you'll probably like jazz. If you don't like this album, you probably um, won't. I don't think that's a fair statement. And I I I believe that's a that's a that's something that I read. I didn't write it down, but I believe I saw something to that effect. Would you like me to explain now or later when we get into my final thoughts? Uh later. Okay. Um cuz I have Three more things I want to add. Uh, Pink Floyd, Richard Wright, said the album influenced the whole structure of Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. Um, there was a review in Jazz Journal. Uh, my advice is to rush out and buy this disc immediately. It is one of the best jazz discs I have heard so far this year. For that matter, it is one of the best jazz discs of any year. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, do you know the, I believe it's a magazine, Melody Maker? Never heard of it. I believe it's a UK uh, magazine. In late January of 1960, there was a headline. Miles ahead of Lewis. Well, Louis. Miles Davis has done the impossible. for the you, first... um, No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's written Lewis. You just mispronounced Louis Armstrong's first name. I corrected myself. <laughs> it's, how do you how do you think his first name should be spelled? L O O E Y. I knew that's exactly what you're gonna say, you idiot. <laughs> Miles Davis has done the impossible for the first time in the history of the Melody Maker Readers Poll. Louis Armstrong has lost his title as the world's top trumpeter. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was all I have for those notes. Okay. So, getting into personal reviews? 
Yeah. Yes. Can you? Oh my God! Did you hear that? I think he snored. Yeah. We're not gonna play the game with this one because the jazz and classical albums are a little bit harder to rank fairly because of the extended pieces and because there may be a section of the song that you like, but maybe not the song as a whole. Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna we're not gonna play that game. So I will let you give your review. Okay. And then you can guess mine if you'd like. <laughs> All right. But I'm not playing that game for you. So I enjoy the album. Um, not to, not not to speak ill of it, but the easiest way I could describe it to somebody is elevator music. It's something that I would probably play, play in the background to set the mood. Like if we were if we were sophisticated people and had a dinner party, I'd definitely put this on for the ambiance, you know. But the ambiance, ambiance. I enjoy jazz. Okay. But I'm more of a fan of playing it than I am listening to it. And if you were to look through my library, all of the jazz songs I have are ones that I have played at some point. I I prefer performing rather than just listening to it. So, like, this is stuff I would put in the background. So, um, I wouldn't mind putting on this album again just to have something in the background because, you know, I need noise. Yeah, can I, can I touch on playing real quick? Sure. So, you know how you learned something new with Elton John and learned that I played piano? Yeah. Well, played. Did you know that I played trumpet? Yes, okay. I did know that. Look at you knowing things about me. I didn't play it well, but I played it. I'm glad that you felt the need to interrupt my segment to tell me that. Huh? Good job. So anyway, like I said, I wouldn't mind putting it on, playing it again, but it's not... I wouldn't sit and listen to it to just listen to it, but it is... I, I get it and I appreciate it. You're not Quincy Jones? No. Do you know that? Did you read that thing? What about it? Apparently, he listens to the album every day. Well, that's his ghost. Yeah. I listen to Ghost every day because it speaks to me. And this album didn't speak to me. But you you keep interrupting me, so you just want to go do your thing? Nope. You sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I would keep the whole album. It's like I said, it's there's only eight tracks. I mean, yeah, it's what, like 45 minutes long? How many? Eight. I saw five. Five? Five tracks? I'm sorry. I listened to it last week. Um, but yeah, it, it's something, you know, if we had a dinner party or something, you know, I would definitely put, I would pick this to put it on. Um, and I give it an A. Okay. So you, I'm guessing you didn't like it because you hate anything sophisticated and cultured. So how... How am I reviewing it? Am I reviewing it for what it did? Am I reviewing it for what I think of it? Am I reviewing it for listening? Okay. Because to be, to be fair, are you okay? Can't ask me a question and then not let me answer the question. To be fair to you and your silly question, that's how I did Master Puppets. I rated it. I gave it two ratings, one on my personal preference and two what it did. Like, because I, I appreciate what it had done, but it's just not my thing. 
So you give it 600 ratings if you really want to. Because I won't listen to it to listen to it. Correct. I would listen to it at night. Like, it's not a, it's not a listening album. It's a sleeping album. For you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's more... It's more of a background noise than than sit there and put on the headphone, like mm-hmm. the oversized headphones, and listen to it. Um, you said elevator. It reminds me a lot of like the like the early Bond, like those fifties and sixties movies, yeah. like that kind of soundtrack. And it also reminds me a lot of like the nineties cartoons. Okay. Like when when Scob came back, because mm-hmm. that's about when that was, but. Yeah, it's, it's, I can point to it, like, I can't listen to it and say, this is Miles Davis. Right. I can point to it and say, this is an example of jazz. Like, mm-hmm. with, with the other albums, I can say, okay, I can definitely pick this out of a crowd as to what this is. This just kind of, this is the, this is the most, or this is the best example of background noise. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I- that's so kind of we're kind of on the same page it's calming and mellow and it's interesting that you noted that like it would be something to listen to like so so peek behind the curtain i need sound at night to sleep which this is going to sound really weird because it's if it there's no sound it's too loud right okay so we play music and this would i had actually considered like you said putting this on at night so i I'm going to use it in my reviews. There's there's a couple things, and it's, I think it's jazz in general. There's a, I don't know exactly know the best way to describe it. There's like a, a record scratch or like a squeak with some of the notes. And I think that's more like the the type of instrument that it is. But like there's, it's not a clear note all the time. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I don't like your criticism as you have never played at the level of some other people. So you don't understand what that is. And you're hearing a bonk in the middle of solid sound. Which I'm, I'm not claiming to be to understand it. But that would be a criticism that I would have it's why I wouldn't have it as a like a regular rotation. Okay. You know, because I, I listen to it and it, it's going along and then it just it jumps out. Like I can like I can pick that out. So explain what that is then, since. You... I mean, so you're playing instruments, mm-hmm. not just controlled by your hands, guitar. And you can hear guitars make weird sounds if you're not playing them right, but it's just controlled by your hands. Um, drums, hands, piano, hands. And I get that you can fuck up and things happen, but when you're playing a wind instrument, you're also using your mouth, your breath. Yeah. And shit happens. Like, I. My senior year of college, so I had been playing clarinet for close to 10 years at that point, had a performance, and my reed, which was not chipped at all, was totally fine. 
like for some reason just kept squeaking. I could not figure out what was going on. It was like the most embarrassing performance I think I've ever had. And, but it was just out of my control. And afterwards, the the director, you know, he pulled me aside because he knew I was upset. He watched me walk off stage and take my read off and break it in half. And he, he said it it's the humidity in the room has an effect on it. Now, I know trumpet, not a reed instrument, but there are things that happen. It's not going to be a polished sound every time. I, I, which I understand. I, I know that, like, even if let's, let's dig them up and make them play it again, it's going to sound different because they're going to be different breath. Made of bones? Huh? <laughs> Nothing. Okay, like this. But yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's it's easier for Ghost to play their songs live because it's gonna sound ninety nine percent the same as the studio. You know, you're gonna have a couple different notes here and there, but like with a jazz performance, you're gonna have different breaths at different times. So it's gonna. It's going to take on a, a, you're going to breathe new life into each performance. Uh, yes and no. So I, I understand that concept, but it, it's, it's, you're going in, or it's like you're listening to it and you're kind of, you kind of zoning out and then it, it's, it's very, I think the word I want to use is jarring okay. when it happens. I, I think we need to move on because I'm not quite sure exactly what it is you're trying to say. And I'm just kind of getting offended that you're once again throwing somebody I like under a bus. So can we just move on? What do you rate the album? Well, that's what I'm saying. If you're, if you're looking at it as a whole. And I'll get into the, this. Is, this is my grievance. I'm going to take off my glasses so I can't see you. So the biggest one you had so far... Was Elton John, right? Because it was what? A C plus B minus? You called the man boring. I called you ca- the no. album boring. I called it very... I called it the album is very samey kind of thing. Like there are songs that sound very similar to each other. I, but still... No, no, no. I'm sorry. Did you say the word samey? Yes. That is... <laughs> so even... <laughs> Even if it is a C plus. No, 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 no. Hold on, let me finish my thought, and then you can then continue. Can't with this man. You've never heard that word. No, I've never heard that word. Do you know why? Because I speak English. So do I. No, you don't. I just don't speak it well. Jesus Christ! I don't speak it good. So even if it's a C plus, it's still a high seven low eight so let's switch gears to movies real quick okay uh we'll use pick a kind of in the same line it's more that 50s kind of light stuff we'll go to oceans 11 okay so what would you give oceans 11 out of 10 okay the fact that i've seen it the original okay one godfather and it's hard for me not to say i give an 11 because you just <laughs> it's oceans 11 
Godfather. Yeah. Oh, Godfather's a 10 out of 10. I love me some mobster movies. Okay, what do you give Godfather 3? Uh, 7 out of 10. So you're still giving it a C+, which is still... Which sounds bad, but then you realize it's a, it's high set it's a seven. So just because the would you rather me give them numbers instead of letters? Across the board, we'll go with a B minus. We'll I, go with a B minus C plus. So around the set. I'm so, I'm having the hardest time following this conversation. So <laughs> we'll, I'm a part of it. We'll give it between a seven point eight and an eight point two. So we'll give it a C. A point two. <laughs> so we'll give it a C plus B minus. It's on the same level as Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It's not as it's not as good to me as some of the other albums that we've done. But just because that sounds bad, it's still like I said, it's a high seven, low eight, which is not bad. So how confused are you? Can we move on? I'm. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, that was my grievance that I was gonna say is is my system of rating though. Even though it sounds bad, it's not. Okay. Final thoughts. Yeah, I need to elaborate on my rating. I don't system. want you to elaborate on anything ever again. You don't want me to stop and elaborate and listen to you. I want you to stop doing that ever again winkle um, um my final thoughts so i can see why this was so great for jazz music it really opened the doors for a lot of artists um but it's just not something i would listen to just to listen to it just like you had said um it's more of an album that i would put on in the background for ambiance yeah like i said if it if i'm using it for background music at a dinner party it would get an A, but if I'm using mm-hmm. it to listen to, it, it's a, it's like a solid C. But yeah. if I'm using it at night, it's probably about a B plus, just because of like I'll like I said with the, with some of the notes. Mm-hmm. So it it really just depends on how I'm reviewing it because that's what three different grades right there. Mm-hmm. But this right here is exactly why, like it's the exact reason why I like doing what we're doing it is forcing us to go out of our comfort zones and the the research side is interesting you know we when we go on vacations we always always have to do something history related like one thing history related because we do kind of like learning um so i like that part of it and i like to see why why is this important you know but it's forcing us to listen to something we wouldn't have picked on our own. Neither one of us would have picked this on our own. Because, like I said, I like jazz things I have played. So I I don't know if I've ever played anything Miles Davis offhand. But point is, like, I have things that I have played. You would not have picked this on your own. But I, it, we had to listen to it. I might have. But uh, still, yeah, it, it would have been low on my list. But I would, I would have listened to this at some point. So, I have a final thought. Is it absolutely final? Because I'm, I'm gonna get something thrown at me. Okay, let me find something. Okay, there's a tin here. I'm gonna throw it at you. What? Okay. So, we've established that, especially after the birthday last weekend, you are old. 
I think that has been established, right? Whose birthday was last weekend? Yours. Mine? I, I didn't know that because you didn't say happy birthday to me. It was Continue. in the card. It was in the, in the card. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. So, since you're old and you've also said before that you like the old music, like that you love the 50s and 60s. See, you can appreciate this because you know that time frame. I don't know that time frame as much. So you have a better, not just from a jazz perspective, but from an old-timey music perspective. Because you understand more of what was going on in that time musically than I do. Like, I think you understand more of Buddy Holly and the Birds, which is also kind of beach boys mamas and papas that's like early 60s mm-hmm. so you you have a better you have a different appreciation for it mm-hmm. even if you didn't play clarinet you'd have more of an appreciation because that's your time frame that you prefer so random question since you're throwing out things and accusing me of not knowing things about you i said i was in jazz band what did I play? I'm a, was it clarinet? Would that have been? Would that be in a jazz band? It could be. So was it the saxophone then? What kind? A yellow one. <laughs> <laughs> was I wrong? You said that so confidently. <laughs> was I wrong? More of a gold one. To be fair to you, yes, I have played clarinet on a couple pieces, and I played two different kinds of saxophones, so I set you up for failure, (laughs) and you answered it, and I hate that you answered it correctly, technically. R slash technically the truth. Yes. So, anyway, you ready to move on to sources? Yeah. I'm hoping you didn't take mine this time. Well, do you want to go first? Nope. Okay. So, thank you to Kind of Blue, How Miles Davis Made the Greatest Jazz yeah. Album in History. Um, no author. What What are you... I need to get into my sources okay, so I can you yell could, at you. You could quietly turn on the tablet. It wasn't taking. And quietly, without making noise from your fingers or your mouth hole, get into your sources. Instead of being a jackass. Are you quite finished? Oh my god, you're just not going to say anything now? You told me to be quiet in my mouth hole. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm going to start over. Thank you to Kind of Blue, How Miles Davis Made the Greatest Jazz Album in History. I couldn't find an author on that, but it was published March 13th of 2021 on jazzwise.com. I think it said that it was, I have that one, I think it said it was originally a couple years earlier, so if we had been able to find that, like the original publishing, we might have been able to find an author. But continue. Thank you to Kind of Blue from MilesDavis.com. And thank you to Miles Davis, Kind of Blue. Again, I could not find an author, but Evan's about to prove me wrong. Uh, published August 1st, 2001 on NPR.org. No, I don't have that one. I am finished. You may talk now. Dang. So, I don't remember where I got it, but I have the title. It was... 
uh, Kind of Blue, the jazz album by Miles Davis that transformed music. It was a 60th anniversary kind of review of it by Martin Chilton. It was uh, March 2nd, 2019. So thank you for that. Okay. So before we move into this day in history, do you have any recommendations for the peoples? No. So because I kind of forgot that I was supposed to recommend things. Well, that's okay. Like coming we, up with puns. That's a recommendation. So this this uh today we're recording um is April 27th. So our last recording was April 10th. So we took a little bit of a break. We had Easter in there and like you said my birthday was in there and What? You had a birthday? <sighs> My niece had a crap ton of softball games, and I had some meetings, and so we, we took a little bit of time off, and it was just so busy that I, I don't have a recommendation either. Oh, I guess I do have a recommendation then, since I was working on it this last week or so. Hmm. Uh, Mass Effect. Oh, you If you want to sink 100 hours into th- across three different games, you could theoretically put more than that into it. Because mm-hmm. I already have another playthrough that I'm going to work on. I'm going to be a complete dick to everybody that I meet. So, a normal playthrough. Alright. Good for you. Oh, okay. Well, then, I guess I do have a recommendation. Don't be an asshole to people. Just in general. That's not directed at you. (laughs) I feel like it is. But I've had... I've been dealing with some assholes, like at work and some parents at some of these games just taking it way too seriously and just ain't ain't nobody got time for that shit be nice don't be an asshole end of story i recommend that yeah you're just staring at me i hate it like could you at least acknowledge the fact that i said something and go "Uh uh-huh uh-huh thank you so like i said we're recording this on april 27th um, so this day in history, in 1957, Elvis appeared in Toronto, which was a rare appearance outside of the United States, where he wore his full gold lame suit for the last time. I'm not entirely sure what the lame suit was, and I didn't care to look that up, but... It was a suit that was lame. Thank you, Captain Obvious. You're so friggin' smart. Um, 1969... Pink Floyd performed at Mother's Club in Birmingham, England. A radio DJ reviewed the performance as... Shit. Pretty much. Sounding like dying galaxies lost in sheer corridors of time and space. So that would have been... It probably would have been... um... Shit, what is it? Uh, no... It's not a saucer full of secrets. What the hell is their first album called? That's something you can research while I'm continuing this. So in uh, 1976, David Bowie was detained by customs officers on a train at the Russian-Poland border after they found what in his luggage? Do you have any guesses? A small child. That's incorrect. What, what? The first album was Piper at the Gates of Dawn. I oh. knew it was, I think Sauce Full of Secrets was also earlier, so it probably would have been at that time. Okay. A Crocodile. No. Drugs. No. 
I got nothing. Nazi books and me- mementos. Where was he coming from? I don't know. Where was he? They were stopping him at the Russian Poland border. Porter is one of the... Jesus Christ. Russia, Poland, border. I'm assuming he was going from Poland to Russia, if I had to guess, but I'm not entirely sure. Well, I can I can understand that, especially if he was going into Poland. Mm-hmm. Bowie claimed that these were being used for research on a movie project. 1981, Ringo Starr married former Bond girl. Do you know which one? Uh, I have a name, but I'm not sure if it's right. Barbara Bach? Yep. You are correct. Because I, I, I was thinking Burt Bacharach, and I'm like, that's not, that's not right. You want to know what your prize is? You win life for one more day. That's a shitty prize. <laughs> and it means I got to do another episode. <laughs> April 27th, 2009. Aerosmith performed a free concert in Hawaii after a class action lawsuit by fans claimed that the band canceled their show in Maui in 2007 in favor of a higher paying show in Chicago. Aerosmith agreed to put on a new show and pay for all expenses. That's nice. Yeah. Birthdays. You ready for the Birthdays. Not, I'm not ready for the birthdays or the barf days, which is what it sounded like. Cuba Gooding. Junior? Nope. Senior? Yeah, I'm assuming so. Do you know who he is? And I if was... you say his dad, I will punch you in the nuts. You have no clue. He is the... Don't try to figure out a fancy way to say father of the actor. He is the person that had a birthday. <laughs> he is from the R&B group Main Ingredient, which I know you've not heard of. But I you might have known this you might know the song Everybody Plays the Fool. Maybe. I know Everybody your main ingredient plays is salt. The fool. Are you kidding? Or shit. My main ingredient is salt. Is that because I'm a salty bitch? <laughs> a bitch? A bitch. <laughs> okay. So that song, Everybody Plays a Fool, 1972. The song was 1972? Yes. Or his birthday was 1972? Song was 1972. So do you have a guess on how old, or like, his birthday? 1734. 1734? Is that what you literally just said? Yeah, he looks good for his age. Oh my Christ. 1944. Kate Pearson, vocalist for the B-52s. I know you know that group. I don't need to give you a song for that one, but I will. Dianola Gay. What? Wasn't that wasn't that a B-52? Yeah. That was a plane. We're talking about a group hey, of people. Hey, you just said the B-52s. You think I'm asking you about a birthday of a plane? <laughs> Do you know what that plane is? They dropped a bomb somewhere. It's a B-29, apparently. Uh, it was... It was the first one. I just want everybody to know this is why it takes us so long to do anything. Because he gets so off track with all these random fucking facts he knows. The first atomic bomb on Japan. And he just has to throw them in. Yeah, this man can't yeah, go on Jeopardy. Yeah, my main ingredient is stupid facts. You can't go on Jeopardy and win me some money. To pay for this new furnace we just got. How about you do that? You're going to hate me in a couple episodes. Why? 
Why can't I just hate you now? I mean, you can, but you're really going to hate why? me in a couple episodes. You'll see. Then why even say it now if it doesn't have to... It doesn't matter. We're trying to wrap up this episode. Well, you, you said something that reminded me of it. So what is it? Words. Oh, fuck me. Uh, Later. No, you... I, I think that overshadowed what i said what did you say i said later jesus okay kate pearson vocalist for the b-52s which is not an airplane but a group of people who sang rock lobster 53 48 you will know this name paul ace freely i've seen him at the grocery store in concert at the grocery store <laughs> yes so he actually said so okay so i would have seen him in 21 he said he was telling a story about how he was on an airplane and asked the stewardess how old she thought he was you saw him in 21 yeah i saw him in september with alice cooper oh i didn't know he was there yeah okay he was the opener um so he was talking about he wanted the stewardess to guess how old he was and she said he was in his 50s and he said that's nice i'm i'm 70 so it would have been 51 is what i would it'd be 50 51 you are correct 1951 marco peroni pepperoni <laughs> that's not what i said he's from adam and the ants Oh, okay. Adam Ant. So, Dirk Wears White Socks was, I think, 78. I think that's what the album is. So, 53? 59. Sheena Easton. She's a Scottish singer and actress. Did she do a Bond thing? I don't know, but I, I think I... I think she wrote a song for Prince. Okay, I know who you're talking about. I don't... That doesn't help me in the ma- in no. at all, but... But, okay, so we have a 44, a 48, a 1951, and a 1959. If we're going in order, that kind of helps you a little bit. 62. 62. Ah. You get to live one more day. Is it S-E... Okay, Scottish singer. Go ahead. Okay. Will Boyd. He's the basis for Evanescence. 83. 79. This is a name I know you've never heard of, so I have the band for reference. Okay. I don't, I don't recognize it. Uh, she, Easter, yeah, Easton's other hits include the James Bond theme for Your Eyes Only. Okay. Thank you, Jeeves. You've never heard this name before. Got it? Patrick Stump. <laughs> yeah, he's the lumberjack. So he's the he's the lead singer for Jackal. Then, if he's talking about being a lumberjack, he plays a chainsaw. I don't know what is happening right now, but I don't appreciate it. Do you? I don't know what you're talking. There's about. a band called Jackal. Okay. They have a song called The Lumberjack. Okay. He plays the chainsaw and it has a chainsaw solo in it. Okay. So Patrick Stump. I get the tree reference. Thank you. 
Patrick Stump from Fallout Boy. He was on Ed, Ed, and Eddie. With uh, what was, what was, oh, what was that? So it was, it was the guy who had the who had the board, with the what was his what was the board's name? I didn't really watch that Plank. show. I don't know. Plank, I think. I don't know. So for the third time, Patrick Stump was born in what year? Nineteen ninety nine. Are you joking? You're joking. Give me a real guess. Okay. Fine. 1998. <laughs> okay, one more time without laughing. 2003. I I am two seconds away from just throwing my phone and saying we're done and walking away. 1984. And the last one, Lizzo. I'm assuming 90s? Nope. 70s? Also no. 80s? There you, you're getting warmer. <laughs> 86. 88. We finished the episode. I have not thrown anything at you, but if I do so right now, then there will be audio proof of your murder. So I'm not going to do that on air. So anything else before we head out? Can I close out this bitch? Probably not for this episode. Can't close it out or you don't have anything to add? Yes. Good lord. So, thank you for sticking in if you have gotten to this point. Sticking in with us. To get what? <laughs> no, just the just the phrasing of it was a little weird. You you do it. You take us out. No. Why? I don't have any money to take you out. You take all my money. For the new furnace. I'm so done. Full callbacks. I'm so, so done. Thank you for listening through this entire episode. Is that better? No. Oh, my God. I hope you come back. I might not, but I hope you do. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at WorstPodOnMars. And you can email us at WorstPodOnMars at Gmail. Make sure you tell her that she's mean to me and that I'm awesome. Or don't do that because it's clearly a lie. Um, reach out to us. Rate us. Get, hopefully give us a good review. We, we're still learning. And as we get these things out, maybe we'll, you know, we'll be able to make adjustments. I have a, I have your review. C+. Plus. That's it. You're just as good as Miles Davis. Oh, my God. On that note, come back next week where we talk Johnny Cash at Folsom Prison. See ya. Bye-bye. You're going to end up in prison after the next episode. <laughs> Bonk. So, do you need to take a break? Yeah, I have to pee. Alright. I'm going to let it. Bring back my peanuts. Uh, if you want, you can do an intro song and I can clean it no, I had one last week and we never recorded it. What? That's just pee. So, Evan just went to the bathroom. And he told me to record an intro song. But instead I'm on Instagram watching a dog 
do its thing and Evan's gonna have to listen to this and figure out when I stop talking and I'm kind of doing this for his benefit because I'm just gonna say some random stuff here that doesn't make any sense because he doesn't quit recording and he can't hold his bladder for five more minutes and what Casey Anthony's gonna quote unquote tell the truth bitch no that ain't true <laughs>